I started off in radio drama, which is a very wonderful and strange place. And then in television drama and then trying to make a television drama about the Bible, at which place, which point I had a major faith crisis and lost my faith. And then I was there for a few more years. Oh, now we got to hear about this losing your faith. <laughs> what yeah. happened? I remember I started reading the Bible properly for the first time. Um, I had, um, you know, I had done some quiet times and my quiet times had really focused very hard on the nice bits, you know, <laughs> the, de the devotional, the devotional literature really did encourage me to memorize very hard that the Lord knew that the plans he had for me and they were prospering me not to harm me, but I had never cracked open Chronicles. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, I had this... <laughs> very um nerdy intellectually curious uh part of myself navigating through the bbc in the world of ideas and then i had this very emotional very beautiful very relational faith but there was no connection between those two parts mm. of myself at all and um i was assigned to be a researcher on a program about the bible and they gave me one and two chronicles and one and two kings to become like a world expert in sorry when you when you work at the bbc you can ring wow. up and say huh yeah not a, not a world expert as in a scholar but like enough of an expert to really guide a couple of episodes of a tv drama about it that's absolutely terrifying but go on Complete, completely terrifying i know and um everyone else I was working with had like loads of theology degrees very experienced it was one of those like very another sort of very strange thing that I was there um and I would ring these world experts and be like hi I'm from the BBC please tell me everything you know which is what a researcher media does basically they just like scoop out the brain of clever people and um and basically the key messages were it never happened or if it did God is genocidal it was just like, right yep really very brutal introduction to hebrew bible scholarship and i just didn't have anything i had no foundations i had no hermeneutic i had no I had no theology really i had nothing i was just like oh i've built my whole life on this terrible terrible book <laughs> like what is this and why is this happening and it's not as nice as i thought it was it just just like crumbled beneath my feet i remember it was such such a bleak lonely i'd moved to manchester to work work on it up there I, I didn't know anyone i didn't have any friends it rained all the time it was just it was a really really hard and dark time what did this do to your i mean so so deconstruction as it's it's now called the rebrand as it's now called i mean yeah. it's i mean this this becomes sort of a a dog fight on twitter but it is it is for many people an absolutely devastating thing because you don't just lose this story that you've been living within. You lose your friend, at least in your parent in your case, your parents were secular. So um, although your mother sort of. Yeah. So what, what yeah, on earth, I just what were the consequences of this for you? I I didn't talk about it with a lot of people. Mm. Uh, my friends weren't there. Mm. Like, it, uh, looking back, 
it was early it was the early to early to mid 2000s um which we call the noughties but i gather you guys call the aughts which i don't understand um uh i was really lonely i didn't talk to many people about it i had mm. i had i had friends but they was most of them were still in london i'd moved to london for that internship and to work at the bbc to begin with and a lot of them were in church and i think when you're riddled with doubts you don't want to just dump your doubts on onto other people. You feel sort of, sort of this weird, horrible mix of like contemptuous of them, but also protective of them and somehow marked. And I hadn't yet made any new friends. And I was, I was working with all these, I was my main friendship group were my colleagues who were lovely, but a lot of them had already been through this while they were doing theology degrees at Oxford or Cambridge. Right. Or just didn't, you know, I was the very bouncy, naive evangelical and I didn't want to look stupid. I didn't want people to realize I hadn't worked this out before my mid twenties. <laughs> um, and yeah, my, I, I don't, I must've talked about it with my mom because I don't, really keep anything from my mum mm. but I think she probably just sort of worried about me from afar mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so how did this change you're working at the BBC how did this change other parts of your life in terms of your career I mean did you just sort of then sort of just get absorbed into the background of of secularity no it didn't last very long basically mm. I was a very bad atheist I really, really tried hard. I was. I'm just not cut out for it. I don't have the. I don't like. I have this book coming out, and I the 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 line that was coming back to is like I really. I felt like I should admire the kind of austere nobility of being able to gaze into the void without flinching, but I flinched. I was like, and I honestly don't. It feels incredibly inhuman not to flinch. <laughs> but this is this is so true because i listen to some of these stories and i listen to some of these deconstructed stories and they're so sad because I, I i listen to these people or i talk to these people and it's like you had a rich life that you enjoyed and mm. you traded it for this and the only thing you seem to the only thing you seem to have kept out of the transaction is your pride. Yeah. Was was your pride really worth all of this other loss? And I don't, I don't yeah, want to minimize although it. I think, no, and but, I do think you, what you said earlier was more compassionate, Paul. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone chooses it. I went, no. I went and talked to a bunch of um, Welsh pastors. They asked me to go and give them a lecture on deconstruction. And the whole thing was trying to move them from basically angry about it yeah and defensive yeah. and pissed off yeah because people in deconstruction and i was can be very like acting out of pain yeah. and acting out of grief and lashing out yeah and feeling like they've been fooled and feeling cheated and yeah. also often christians are terrible at engaging with them and answering questions and taking it seriously and they want them to just put all the doubts back in the box yep yeah and so yeah i don't think anyone would like I certainly felt like I could not remain a whole person and not take what I had discovered seriously. Right. Like my identity will crack down the middle if I don't find a way to 
take my brain and apply it <laughs> right to this thing right um yeah it I, i've lost my train of thought but yes that's well, me no. in, def in defense of deconstructionists i don't think anyone actively chooses it and i don't i don't i i honestly i feel very lucky slash blessed that i was a bad atheist right i i couldn't i couldn't shake him off yeah. i was just like go away i am done <laughs> it really felt like you know your ex-boyfriend wouldn't let you go <laughs> yeah i was like no i'm done i'm done with you i don't need you i'm too sophisticated for this i'm too grown up or i want to be you know like i I, this is this is for naive people you know this is for emotional people this is for uneducated people and i don't want to be one of those and i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna walk away from this because it makes no sense yeah. but i i couldn't i like i would cycle around manchester i'd be like i don't believe in you no i mean i don't believe in god <laughs> stop talking to me you're not real yeah <laughs> yeah it's like everything else fell apart. All of the structures, my ability to go to church, read the Bible, it all left. But I, did, yeah. I didn't know how not to pray. It's like this is an ongoing conversation that my soul is having. <laughs> Shut it down. This is amazing poem um, called "Staying Power" by Jean Murray Walker. Have you ever read it? No. This audio poem is a production of PoetryFoundation.org. Staying Power by Jean Murray Walker. In appreciation of Maxim Gorky at the International Convention of Atheists, 1929. Like Gorky, I sometimes follow my doubts outside to the yard and question the sky, longing to have the fight settled, thinking, I can't go on like this. And finally I say, all right, it is improbable. All right, there is no God. And then, as if I'm focusing a magnifying glass on dry leaves, God blazes up. It's the attention, maybe, to what isn't there that makes the emptiness flare like a forest fire until I have to spend the afternoon dragging the hose to put the smoldering thing out. Even on an ordinary day when a friend calls, tells me they've found melanoma, complains that the hospital is cold, I say... God, God, I say, as my heart turns inside out. Pick up any language by the scruff of its neck, wipe its face, set it down on the lawn, and I bet it will toddle right into the God fire again, which, though they say it doesn't exist, can send you straight to the burn unit. Oh, we only have so many words to think with. Say God's not fire. Say anything. Say God's a phone, maybe. You know you didn't order a phone, but there it is. It rings. You don't know who it could be. You don't want to talk, so you pull out the plug. It rings. You smash it with a hammer till it bleeds springs and coils and clobbery metal bits. It rings again. You pick it up, and a voice you love whispers, Hello.